Hey guys, it's Chris, and this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why is brought to you by Ladder. Ladder was founded by two absolute titans in LeBron James and Arnold Schwarzenegger with the goal of changing the way supplements are made. They worked with top scientists to formulate a line of clean performance products. And unlike other supplements, every single batch is tested by a third party to verify the highest standards of quality and safety. And I'll tell you what, the nice people over at Ladder were kind enough to send us a little goodie box, and it, I was incredibly impressed. Before we talk about the actual supplements, I have to talk about the insulated shaker bottle, and I know that doesn't sound sexy, but God, it's the coolest shaker I've ever seen. And I've probably got five or six here in the house. It's really well made, it's all black, except for the logo. 21 fluid ounces, so it's big. It gives you a lot of liquid. And honestly, I was shocked when I saw that it sells for $25 on the website. I thought it would be more. They also sent over a variety of the supplements to try. Uh, there's a pre-workout, there's an energy, there's a greens, there's a hydration, there's a plant protein and a whey protein. Every single one was a home run, and I'm not just saying that. My personal favorite, the vanilla plant protein, thought that was great. I also really like the strawberry lemonade energy drink, but you can't go wrong with any of this. It mixes smoothly, it tastes good, it works quickly. It's all you can ask for. I will be buying more, legitimate purchasing on my own. Ladder's goal is to help you unlock your best in any situation, and right now that means access to special offers and expert advice from their community. So listen up guys, use the code BETTEREVERYDAY, B-E-T-T-E-R-E-V-E-R-Y-D-A-Y for 30% off site-wide at ladder.sport. That's better every day for 30% off at ladder, L-A-D-D-E-R dot sport, S-P-O-R-T. Check them out today, you'll be glad you did. Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. I'm Chris Forwardell, joined as always by Greg Crone. Gregory, how is week 37 of isolation treating you? It's actually not too bad. I think I've just accepted this is my new life, and yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ride it out. I get to spend time with my kids, I get to spend time with my wife, I get to play video games way more than I did when I had a regular life, so that's cool. Mm. I don't know. I, I work just the same. I actually I'm, I actually work more being at home, which is strange, but I don't know. I'm not comfortable with this cheery outlook. Listen, I... here's the thing. I had this discussion um, with my buddies like about working from home and how I like it. Nobody else liked it. Everybody else was like, oh, it's so boring, and I wouldn't want to do it full time. That's a lie. If we could leave our house to do other fun things around the working right. from home aspect of life, it would be perfect. It would be ideal. I was actually yesterday thinking how much of a bummer it is going to be when I actually have to start driving back in and going to an office. Well, there's always unemployment. Yeah, well, see, that's <laughs> not that's not an option. Ah, <laughs> uh, just get those kids uh, doing YouTube videos, and you know, just make money that way. Yeah, if I figure something out. You, you, I see these dumb YouTube videos where kids like open presents and they get hundreds of million views. 
Yeah, isn't it like that one? There's I forget the there's one kid who's like the the superstar of that, and he makes like millions of dollars a year. Yeah, just do that. It just proves that you can literally do like the dumbest things to make money. Oh yeah, no, and that's why we're here today. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. It's it's been a weird day. I I am so sports starved that I checked out the WNBA draft a little bit earlier. Congratulations to Sabrina Unescu who uh, is probably about, like, I don't know, seven miles away from me right now. So, Sabrina, when you hear this, congratulations on being the number one pick in the draft. And also, congratulations to Sabrina's new New York Liberty teammate, underdog zone Kia Stokes. So, uh, Kia now gets to play with Sabrina. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, we uh, we watched the first four picks before we went up to uh, – for, for the putting the kids to bed. So, I've been fully locked into the WNBA draft since it started. You made it one pick longer than I did. <laughs> I watched the first three picks. It was the two Oregon kids and then the uh, the other, the center from Baylor. Yep. And uh, and then they went to commercial and I was like, all right, I'm done with this now. <laughs> well, I kind of I just wanted to see what production values would be like to get uh, a sneak peek of what the NFL draft could look like this upcoming Thursday. So I was just going to say, if the production for the NFL draft is anything like this, it's going to be garbage ah the, the production was okay but the actual the videos inside people's homes are trash well that's the part i'm talking about because you're relying on everybody else's wi-fi and if mm-hmm. i know anything about bad wi-fi and i do mm-hmm. um it is not great not great at all to be set up that way yeah i wonder what the the nfl uh, the nfl draft studio is going to look like we saw two people who uh, one of them may or may not have been rebecca lobo Yes. All right. I got that. And the other one was some some bald white guy. And also Holly Rowe was uh, was on video. But, uh, you know, they were sitting at a appropriate distance apart. Uh, I don't know how you're going to do that for the NFL draft when you have so many more people who need camera time. I mean, you're going to have to go Zoom box. Like, no, I hope ev- not. Everybody's, everybody in separate rooms in Bristol. <laughs> uh, I mean, we might see some of that. For I wouldn't be surprised if there were multiple studios set up, because now we're seeing the NFL Network guys are going to be shoehorned into the ESPN telecast as well, which is also going to be the NFL Network telecast. So you'll have Daniel Jeremiah there with with Todd and Mel and all of those. It's a homecoming for Rich Eisen, and I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting, but uh, oh my God, I just want it to happen so much so I can have something to watch that I care well. about. Something to watch and something to actually talk about. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so tired of, like, you can only talk about, like, off-season trades and off-season moves and what we're going to expect and Jordan versus LeBron. Like, you can only do this so much. At first, and speaking of Jordan, at first, this weekend, I was like, or a couple weeks ago when they first released, like, the, the we're going to move the date up for the, the Bulls documentary that yeah. ESPN's doing. I was like, I don't care at all. I love those Bulls teams. Jordan, favorite player. His last shot as a Bull happened on my birthday in 1998. Um, and it was like, that was awesome. I was so excited, yada, 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 even though it had literally nothing to do with, with each other. Uh, mm-hmm. just happened to be a funny coincidence. You, you can't prove that. <laughs> Probably true. Um, but uh, as I saw like the first five minutes that they released either yesterday or today, I am in. I cannot wait to watch this thing. I need something. I need something. Me and my wife give up on TV shows so quickly. Mm-hmm. It's insane. And and um, 
like we started Ozark. We were like, we'll just watch one episode a night. First episode, cool. Second night, so excited. Bang out the second episode. That was two weeks ago. We're still on episode two. <laughs> Having kids is exhausting. Yeah, well, and you need to put in all of that modern warfare time. That's that. See, Chris, that's another great point. But it is true, like because we're both working, right? We're both we're both working full time during the day. Usually, once the kids are in bed, like I'll catch up on emails before I do anything. She'll catch up on her work because it's almost impossible. Like it's it makes it so much harder to do yeah. things, you know. But yeah, it's not a conventional done. nine to five by any stretch. No, not even a tiny bit. Well, well. How do you feel uh, Sug Sutton is going to fit in on the Washington Mystics, the final pick of the WNBA um, draft? I mean, I, I you're playing with the best player in the league, so it really probably won't matter. Although, and I don't, I don't know if we're ready to announce this publicly yet, Greg and I did talk about starting a WNBA team along with our our uh, our youth football team in, in, in Texas. Yes, absolutely. Listen, as a guy who has watched uncountable number of hours. It's not even a word. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, an unbelievable. Incalculable? That works. Incalculable works. That's what I was thinking of. Um, a lot of the same letters. <laughs> but I've watched so much women's basketball, I could probably GM a team. I could probably do it, Chris. I don't know. If if Jerry Krause could be a baseball scout and put together mm-hmm. the Bulls teams that won championships, I have zero doubt in my mind that I could GM a WNBA team to a title. Don't give me that face. My wife looked over at me like I was an insane person. Well, we know, we all know you're an insane person. That <laughs> award alley a point. Uh, but, <laughs> but I don't know how much how much women's basketball have I watched? Uh, less than less than five hours in my life. I mean, I've watched high school, college, professional, like just so much women's basketball that it's 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 honestly. I, I, I think I know how the game works. I think I know what you need. I think I'm. I think I'm all in. Continue to mansplain why uh, why you should be a WNBA GM. I am not mansplaining. <laughs> I'm simply saying that I have the qualifications to be a GM. It like listen. Okay, no, keep digging yourself in this hole. Go ahead. <laughs> it's not mansplaining. I just have the qualifications. I'm not saying I'm better than anyone else. I'm simply saying I could perform the job at a very high capacity. Who would you have taken with the number two pick tonight? I mean, I'd have to take the girl from Oregon, even though it is a little bit questionable. Yeah. Uh, only, only because she is playing with arguably one of the best college basketball players on the. Uh, not, not men, arguably one women. of the best. Arguably the best college yeah. basketball player of all time. Yeah, Definitely I mean, one of the best. You're, you mean you're talking about you're talking about like the Pippin to Ionescu's Jordan mm-hmm. in this situation, and it's it's always going to be a question mark. Like those Bulls teams when Jordan left, Scottie Pippen was still an extremely good player, but they didn't have the same success. Can can she perform outside of the you know the shadow of of Ionescu in in the professional level? I mean. Dallas got that pick because they traded away Skylar Diggins for three first-round picks to Phoenix. Yeah. So Dallas has got a he's going to have a pretty good young <laughs> core with three first-round picks this year, and you're talking about you know a league that sort of doesn't always have a ton of parity. I guess it always seems to be the top teams every year. Phoenix Mercury for a very long time. I mean, well, the league started. It seems out with like the it is a Cubs. very star-driven league. If you have one yes. of these top players, you have a chance to win a championship. Absolutely. It's why the the links with Maya Moore were so good because she was the best player and the biggest star in the WNBA. I mean, and her- by, by the way, we should give all the credit in the world to Maya Moore for what she did. 
her story is one of the craziest that you'll ever see in professional sports. You know, a, a athlete arguably at the top of their game walks away for two seasons to try and get a guy off of off of death row who she believed to be wrongfully uh, incarcerated. Not just try. And got him. At it. Yes. Yeah. Incredible. So. I thought you were going to give her a shout out for absolutely demolishing the 20... 2008 Ivy League champion Cornell Big Red in the NCAA tournament. That's what I thought Obviously, you were going to say. That's always on my mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> big, big accomplishment for Maya in that game. Um, but no, I, I do agree. She's been excellent both on and, and off the court. Really, really great person and just uh, very talented both, uh, you know. In inside and outside of the sports world, this is this is really a pleasure for me getting to listen to this level, high level analysis from a WNBA GN candidate. <laughs> I didn't say I was a candidate. I just said, listen, okay. I I I have I appreciate all types of basketball, and I've watched a lot of women's basketball, and and I I, I appreciate it a lot. Listen, okay. I spent I spent a lot of time around a lot of a, a lot of very good basketball players uh-huh. uh, when it comes to you know the women's game I spent a lot of like, I watched a lot of those uh, Elena Deladon Delaware years mm-hmm. and then obviously have followed her career into the into the pros which has been an unbelievable she's she might be honestly the best player I think I've seen like in person from a female standpoint and even from a men's standpoint she's so talented and her ability to shoot with her size she can handle the ball like it's it's a game changer I'm just trying to figure out which per- what percentage of people who started listening to the show 11 minutes ago are still here now. <laughs> no, I can only imagine, Chris. What do you, you don't think our WNBA draft breakdown followed by my <sighs> lo- my professional my love for Elena Deladon's uh, mid-range jumper game is is keeping the keeping the listeners? Oh no. I think this is gold. Don't uh, <laughs> don't, don't believe anything else. Complete and utter gold. This is this is what happens when sports don't exist for you know really a month now. It's uh, well, let's basically right about a month now, huh? It's uh, the last the last game was what March sixteenth. Yeah, I think it's got to be close because everything sort of ended on a Wednesday, and that was kind of it for sports. Yeah, the old the old Go, go Bear situation. And uh, what do you make of this? Because there's a lot of talk that this relationship can't be repaired. Do you think that those two, you know, and Donovan Mitchell does kind of seem like he's being a baby a little bit here. Um, do you think this can be reconciled? Do you think these guys can play together moving forward? Well, I think you have to let the two guys talk it out. I, I do yeah. kind of agree that Donovan Mitchell is may be a little bit sensitive about it, but it is a serious situation. Sure. I mean, you are watching thousands of people across the world die and people didn't take it seriously, but it was also a different time a month ago when the whole Rudy Gobert press conference, touch all the mics thing went down. Like there was definitely a lot of skepticism in, in the, not just the sports world, but kind of everywhere about where this was going to head. I don't think anybody, I don't think a lot of people, I guess <laughs> I should say, not anybody, I don't think a lot of people were going to predict that this is where we would be and that a month later, because of, because of that sort of incident, we don't have basketball or sports in general. Like, I, I, think, I think there has to be a sit-down between those guys because it's definitely a, a, you know, a repairable situation, mm-hmm. I would think. Um, but I'm not. I'm not Donovan Mitchell. I don't know. I don't know what their relationship was prior to that. Like this could have been one sure. of those last straw situations. Did you see that uh, Wimbledon had been paying two million dollars a year in pandemic insurance 
for the last couple of decades. And uh, and because of this, they were paid out $141 million off of it this year. I mean, you want to talk about the ultimate, like, being prepared moment. Yeah. That, the guy who pitched that in the meeting 17 yeah. or 18 <laughs> years ago had to have walked in with, what, like, a giant boombox and just blasted Be Prepared by uh, from The Lion King, yeah. sung by Scar, just holding it up as loud, like, as highest volume as possible, just walking around the office bragging. I mean, what a move. What an absolute move. Yeah, how do you pitch that, too? Be like, hey, guys, uh, we're going to spend $2 million every single year in perpetuity for something that probably won't ever happen. (laughs) Well, the question is, so 17 years ago, what was the big disease that everybody was being, you know, scared of? Yeah, about by oh, was SARS know. was what like twelve years ago, something like yeah, that. Yeah, so I think it would have been even for, was it bird flu, bird not flu. bird flu, swine, swine flu? flu. Yeah, swine flu might have been it, and that might have been it. That could have been the situation, and that's <laughs> when that's when some some insurance agent rolled in there and was like, "Let me tell you guys what I have for you." Never expecting that seventeen years later. His company's spending, uh, paying out $141 million. Oh, exactly right. Like he's, that guy. Is, it's a scam. He's like, I'm going to get these suckers to buy some pandemic mm-hmm. insurance. Absolutely. Wait, you want it? How? And you want how much? You're $2 million? I, I don't even know how much it would be. We've No one's <laughs> ever asked that question before. <laughs> it's like it's like that early episode of Family Guy where uh, Peter buys volcano insurance for Quahog, Rhode Island. Like mm-hmm. that's... That's what that move was. That salesman walked in there, and now 17 years later, he for sure got fired. Like, zero chance that guy still has a job. Well, I was going to make a really horrible joke, but I decided not to. Let's talk about the NFL draft, which is set to take place, uh, oh boy, six days from now. Absolutely crazy. <clears throat> how, are you, uh, how are you feeling going into this about the top of the draft? Do you feel like it's coming into, coming into clarity? Well, I don't know. Every day I see different reports. I see the Dolphins are all in on Tua. They love mm. him. Uh, I, I mean, obviously Cincinnati's going to go Burrow. Chase Young, you have to assume, goes too. And, but it, the draft really doesn't get interesting until you start figuring out where those other quarterback pieces are going to fall. Because I, mm. I don't know if there's going to be that movement that we usually see, right? The year that Wentz goes That's what, what I said two. too. Yeah. Yeah. And that, was, that uh, move was made a good month before the draft after the Rams moved yeah. up to number one. Exactly. Uh, it's it's just like there's not going to be uh, the Bears trading up to get Mitch Trubisky. Like we're not going to see that <laughs> yeah. one, two, you know, one, two, potentially three QBs in those first three picks. I think we're going to see a lot of people try to stay put. I saw earlier that the Lions might try to trade down, mm. but if I'm the Lions, there has to be a potential that you think about replacing Matt Stafford where you're at. The guy that back injury can't be something great for his long term stability at the QB position. I know it's like his first first game he's missed all those stats going into that, but that's the back injuries aren't exactly anything to sneeze at. So yeah. it wouldn't shock me if they kind of pulled the surprise of the first round and and went with a QB. I just don't know which one they go with. I have a hard time believing it's not going to be Tua, but I saw Rappaport tweeted earlier today that uh, something along the lines like he was talking to a general manager and the GM said the media has never been more wrong about mock drafts than they have been this year. So, you know, what we believe could be the case could be completely flipped on its head on Thursday. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me because there's 
there's so much less availability, right, to these people. Uh, you know, the only way to get to somebody is via the phone. There's no press conferences. There's no pro days. There's no interviewing scouts when you're mm-hmm. out there at watching these guys, you know, at Alabama or watching the guys at LSU or, or you know, any of your other major powerhouses that, that produce pro after pro after pro. Yeah. So you're really relying kind of on media reports and you're really relying on what they see, uh, you know, via teleconference. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I think I think this is going to be a very strange, um, very strange year. I agree. Uh, it, which obviously it already is based on the the other circumstances. Yeah. Um, one of my buddies earlier said that this is going to be like the wildest NFL draft of all time. I don't know, man. The Laramie Tunsil NFL draft, kind of wild. That got a little bit hairy. Mm, um, yeah. there's, a, there's a couple other crazy things that have happened surrounding professional sports drafts that that I don't think that just because we're doing it via video conference, it's going to be that crazy. It's just going to be so much different than what we're used to. Well, we had the thing that the, that the uh, sort of the average fan makes a lot out of that means nothing come out today. And that's the 2020 Wonderlick scores. And this is really an interesting one <clears throat> because we have um, Justin Herbert from Oregon, 4.0 biology major at Oregon, incredibly smart guy, gets a 25 on the, uh, on the Wonderlick test out of 50. And there's a lot of talk that he was advised to get questions wrong. I mean, you don't want to be, you don't want to be Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Is well, that- he, that's exact. He didn't want to be labeled as because he's already got the knock that he's not this super vocal leader, and the you know if the rumors are true, then he his people also didn't want him to be pegged as you know the nerdy quarterback. Yeah, I mean, image is everything, especially when you can't have in depth, in person interviews with these guys. You can build your own narrative, basically. I mean, and. And by sort of tanking that, if you want to say, it, it, it does give teams a different sort of perspective on him, I guess. I don't know. It's I've never been super enamored with Herbert. I mean, no. I've, I've always thought he's sort of been a, a middle-of-the-road kind of guy. Um, but because he was at Oregon for so long, they had some pretty decent success under him. I mean, nothing insane, nothing like the level they saw with Mariota uh, or even potentially Dennis Dixon back in the day. Mm. Um, Joey Harrington, baby. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, he, he's not exactly the most decorated, but he, he it's there's just something about I, I think it's because he's just been around for so long. It's the same reason why I think I think some people like guys like, you know, it, maybe not in the first or second round, but even in the later rounds, higher ranked guys like Jake Fromm, people who have just been in the national spotlight for several years, years get a little bit more love uh, mm. than normal. And then. I think Fromm's actually hurt by it, to be completely honest with you. He had so much success so early at Georgia, and you know he's the reason that that Justin Fields isn't at Georgia. He's the reason that Jake Eason isn't at Georgia anymore, and he never really built on it to a huge degree what he did early on, and now he's kind of fallen off because you know we go back a year from now. I was just looking at at uh, my buddy Matt Miller's way too early twenty twenty rankings from right after the twenty nineteen draft. You know, the the big things that stuck out to me, uh, Fromm was the number two quarterback, I believe, and two or three, and Joe Burrow not even on the list. Yeah, that is, that's actually, it's unreal to think about that after the year that Burrow had, but Burrow wasn't that impressive, you know what I mean? Wasn't good. Yeah, you're actually, yeah, you're right, he really wasn't good, and he completely turned that around, and it, it sh- 
it's crazy how quickly one season ma- like makes you matter so much more. You go from basically non-existent to you're going to be the number one overall pick, and that's been decided since like November. You know. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, with f- f- the problem is with Fromm, while some of his quarterback play has gone down, the Georgia failures, the Georgia yeah. failures under him that weren't necessarily even his fault, sort of get placed on him, if that if that makes sense. Like, if Georgia went, holds on to beat Alabama, I think the narrative may change a tiny bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, don't, I would be really scared taking anybody other than Burrow or Tua. I think Tua is a safe bet, assuming he's healthy. That's heck of an assumption obviously, but Herbert scares the hell out of me. Jordan Love scares the hell out of me, and these other guys just don't do anything for me. So I, w- I would be concerned. How about this uh, this Philadelphia team? What do you see them doing in the first round of 21? You have to go wide receiver, mm-hmm. best available on the board. You just have to. It's it's not a question. Well, okay, best you, when, you, when you say best available, we tend to fall into the Justin Jefferson trap. Would you be okay with that? <sighs> If he's going to have to, uh, you know, Jefferson's mainly been the most successful when he was at LSU on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you're going to have Deshaun Jackson on the outside, if Alshon Jeffrey is still somehow an eagle and he's going to be on the outside, Aguilar's gone. That slot position is open. If if Jefferson can succeed there, he may be a decent fit. But I, I don't, he's I don't yet another it. guy who doesn't stretch the field right away, and he clogs things up for the tight ends in Miles Sanders. Sure, I, I completely see that. I, I just, it's not something I would necessarily hate on if we got him. I wouldn't be thrilled, but I could see where he could potentially fit in this offense. It's just a matter of how quickly can he adapt and change his game to, you know, open it up even a little bit more for us. For the record, if if the top three are off the board, I'm going to take Denzel Mims every every single second over. Justin Jefferson, but I also think that there's a decent chance they double up first and second round or first and third round. And who that other guy is is completely dependent upon who that first re- receiver taken is, right? If it's Jefferson, then you're looking for a speed guy. You're, you got the Hamlers, the Ragers, those kind of players in play, even Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, if it's, you know, if it's somebody like Rager... Or Mims, then you know you're looking for somebody who can go and play in the middle of the field. It's uh, a lot can a lot can change really quickly. Yeah, yeah, it can. I mean, you gotta hope that Howie's really done his due diligence. I know Howie gets killed a lot for some of his picks, um, and deservedly so. There's definitely definitely some big misses um, in in Howie's past. He's gotta really nail this one. If we want to really maximize what we're going to put around Carson Wentz over the next five years, gotta hit these picks. You have to. Mm, I couldn't agree more. <coughs> I'm starting to lose my voice, so that's that's <laughs> fun. I'm wondering why I'm getting sick, but ah, uh, good times. And you're, I hear you're not feeling great as well. Keep uh, you got allergy sneezing or just regular I, sneeze? I, it's a lot of allergies. Allergies have been killing me, man. Here's the problem. The one thing you don't do when you are allergic to pets yep. is buy a pet. Now, okay. I went to work one Saturday when I lived in Oregon. I didn't have a dog. When I came home, I had a dog. So, How did that go over? Uh, it was all right. I mean, <laughs> cool. I've always wanted a dog. And dogs have usually never been my – or have, for the most part, never really been my problem. Cats were always my problem. 
but uh, sometimes, it's always every once in a while, dogs really get to me, um, which is why having a dog isn't the biggest deal in the world. But there are days where if, if I go to Pet Ruby and she gives me a lick on the hand and it's, it's game over for my nose and face and <laughs> all of my allergies. Um, that dog also, licks people? I thought it just barked 24 hours uh, a day. Uh, also a barker. Very <laughs> loud barker. Very loud, annoying barker. She is... For as as cute and as sweet as she is, and right now I'm looking, I'm watching her sit in the most expensive dog bed in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. Why is it expensive? Because it's a baby car seat. Um, sure, and that's it's fun. Just be- it's just become her her dog bed because she fits in it so perfectly. Because we can't go anywhere, so yeah. there's no reason to put it in the car. Um, but she just like is just yaps and yaps. It's unbelievable, actually. Named after uh, Greg's favorite movie character of all time, Ruby Roundhouse from the Jumanji movies. <laughs> we had her, we got her way before those Jumanji movies came out. Absolutely no way to prove that. But not, and not the first one, you know, so you could have seen the writing on the wall here. That's a good what, point. You, you mentioned you can't go out. Have you, have you been going just, just going on a drive to leave the house or have you just, nope. Oh, see, I had to. We we did that yesterday. We uh, I had a Target pickup, and you know Alexa was eager to go with me just because we never leave the house. So you know I had to throw this stuff in the back of my Jeep, and then we're just kind of driving, and <laughs> led us to at one point we were we're just kind of driving to see all the stores closed and all that. And I know whatever we're being bad citizens, but it's better than double murder. Um, so we're just driving around and we're in uh, Concord, California, up by like, a, I don't know why I would give landmarks, but we're in Concord and <laughs> we hear we hear sirens and all of a sudden these two police cars speed by us and they come to like a screeching halt, I'd say a third of a mile down the street that we were on, jump out of their car, guns drawn. On this uh, on this other car, I think it was. I think somebody stole a car, and it was the end of a car chase. Hmm. So then we kind of like okay, we couldn't go straight because we would be going into like five police cars with police officers <laughs> with and their guns, guns drawn. Yeah, yeah, so we thought that's probably not the best idea. So <laughs> I kind of uh, kind of did a little did a little UB on the road, and we just kind of parked there, and we were watching watching this all play out for I don't know. It was probably only three or four minutes, but it felt way longer than that. And then I started to think, man, I think I can get in trouble for this. We probably shouldn't just be hanging out watching the cops. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know. So we we drove around with the intention of, like, coming in from the other side to see that and see what was going on. But by the time we got back, probably, like, I don't know, probably took us, like, seven minutes to drive around because we had some lights. Uh, everybody, all the guns were put away. The gentleman was in handcuffs, and you know, it was just an, another weird night here in the new world. Yeah, I mean, we've that. First of all, number one, that is strange. Yeah, is, like I don't think happen, I've ever seen guns drawn before. To happen upon that in that situation is just odd and coincidental, and yeah. just really weird. <laughs> um, but like we've. We've essentially not left the house. Like we, I go to the grocery store maybe once a week, once every two weeks, depending, yeah. and that's that's been about it. We don't really go anywhere else. How have the grocery stores been? Because I had tip the last couple of times I went, it really wasn't bad at all. 
But when I went this week, uh, like the basically the whole dairy aisle was just gone. There was no cheese, pickles, you know, all that stuff was just gone. Uh, the only aisle that's ever really <laughs> empty is paper products yeah. and pasta. Oh, Outside oh of that, pasta. That's interesting. Yeah, I, but it's not gone, gone. It's like all the good stuff's gone. And you got <laughs> the whole wheat stuff that's yeah. still just like chilling. The, um, uh, the zucchini is available. Yeah, exactly. Outside of outside of that, uh, it's it has it hasn't really been bad. I mean, you know, it we're we have two bait. Like one kid doesn't eat anything, and the other, the other's relatively easy to please. So, but we honestly we've been making a lot more dinner than I guess we normally would, mm-hmm. which has been which has been interesting. So it's uh, who it's, which of the two is the which of the two of you is the cook. I am not. I am not a culinary expert. Despite working in restaurants for a, a, a very significant part of my life, I, uh, I I am not the. I do not have the culinary skills. So I leave okay. that to uh, leave that to Allie. Everybody's got stuff they can make, though. What are your things that you feel like you make pretty well? Uh, I can chicken parm you. To, I can chicken parm you to death. I'm pretty good at that. Um, I can. I, once, I can make a mean taco, and I can. Yeah. And my chicken alfredo is is on point. There you go. Once I start involving multiple things at once, I, <laughs> I start to struggle. Like if I'm making, like if I'm making a pasta dish and there's chicken also involved in the pasta dish, yeah, I'm out. I get, I get overwhelmed. <laughs> there's too many things going. On. We used to, we used to do like all those box, di- box dinner delivery places where yeah, they send all the ingredients, too. and you got to follow the the instructions. And and it was back when when. Allie had a super long commute, and I'm at home just like trying to put together all these things. And it was just, it was the kitchen was always utter mayhem when she would walk into the house. But well, I did, once, <coughs> yeah, I, I did once make a chicken parm lasagna, which okay. was interesting. It was, it, I made it for like our anniversary or something, some random, some oh. random recipe, some random recipe I found online. It was your anniversary or birthday, I don't remember. Uh, but that was that was something that I I had to figure out how to cook the chicken and the pasta all at once, and it was very complicated. And that's when I was like, I am not a cook. I'm just not a cook. Maybe she'll make it for you when you get the WNBA GM job. <laughs> Listen, if we're talking about celebratory meals, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny the the differences between how the average male and especially like the average. 20 to 35 year old male and the average female cooks is so strikingly different because, you know, I've had, we'll go to the grocery store. Alexa is a fantastic cook and to, to my health's detriment and we'll go to the grocery store and just, you know, the, the money will be crazy to make, you know, chicken soup or something like that. Cause there's 200 ingredients and everything's got to be put in at the right time and all that. And I just go back to telling her about the chicken the chicken soup that I made when it when I was single. It was very simple, Greg. You put some pasta in, you boiled it, you got the the Tyson pre-cooked chicken, you grilled that up, and then you put in a couple of chicken bouillon cubes and you were done. Yeah. And it was over. And it tasted fine. <laughs> you know, you, and it, it tasted fine and it probably cost like 8 bucks for a giant pot of soup. Yeah. I hear you. That's see, it's all about figuring out what's the easiest way to make the most amount of food. I, yeah. I get that. I get that completely. <coughs> oh man. Oh. Well, look, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that the the quarantine is treating you well. I know that you tend to vacillate between completely <laughs> defeated 
and optimistic, and it seems like we're on an optimistic point I've, right now. I mean, at this point, at this point, I've, I, I'm almost fearful. I'm almost fearful that like I don't need sports to, oh, have, to have a good time, just, which is a problem. Listen, here's my thing. I save more money. Yeah, sports not being on. I. Uh, for multiple reasons, from attending games to to occasional gambling, like you're you're not gambling on the Madden simulations on Bet Online. I could never, I could never bring myself. I know. That would be the point where you'd have to like lock my bank account. And no, just it's be fair. Like, what are you doing? What That's are you doing? Yeah, you get you have to be in Gamblers Anonymous at that point because it's yeah. just if it's so it's so fundamental to you that you need to wager on things that you'll wager on something that's completely fictional, then you yeah. need help. Like you're literally, you're literally just like it, it's a computer program that you are mm. that you are messing around with, and it's just dumb. Yeah. Um, but hey, more power to those guys that are that are still out there grinding. Um, you get to spend some time with your children as well and watch them grow up. Yeah, like that. That is the part of this where it's like, all right, cool. Like I just get to hang out. Like I never got like you get when when we're working and there's daycare. Like I don't see the kids really in the morning. Like I would already be on my way to work by the time they're getting up yeah. and then I'd pick up pick up Felicity from daycare and then that's at what 4.30 she goes to bed by 8 o'clock 8.30 so I spend like 4 hours a day with them and listen believe me spending all day with them is not is not, not always sunshine and rainbows but jot this time is, down go ahead <laughs> but it is it is really it it's interesting cool and fun to like you you learn so much more about them and how crazy they are and how like all the different all the different cool stuff that they do and say like Felicity talks all day mm. all day it's non stop talking and now and now also, that you've been home this time entire time you know both of your kids names I know so. insane <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I've also done the hot dog <coughs> dance for thousand times I have, no, Mouse Clubhouse. I have no idea what that is and i'm cool yeah. with that <laughs> believe me if you ever if you ever venture down the kid road and no, mickey mouse it's, it's Clubhouse coming. becomes a becomes a favorite you will enjoy it uh, i'll take your word for it but uh <laughs> all right well look i'm glad you're doing well my voice clearly isn't uh so we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up <clears throat> right now we will be back uh, on Wednesday next yep. week before the draft, so we're going to do a, a, t- a big show on Thursday's draft. Until then, I've been Chris Wardell. He's been Greg Crone. We thank you for listening, and we'll see you back here soon.